This is a Woodside Church podcast. Morning. Can you hear me all right? Thanks, Matt. Good job. Right. It is great to be here with you all this morning. Um, Last Sunday, well, the week before, we'd been away um, on holiday in Devon, and as we came into the the building, it was so lovely just to be back amongst you all, back amongst family. It was a real sense of excitement, having missed a week of coming back and seeing everyone again. It was really lovely. So thank you, Ensign, for that really lovely (laughs) introduction. Um, As Ensign said, I'm Candy, I'm married to Steve, and we have two children, and this week I celebrated my birthday, and I I am now quite a bit closer to 40 than 30. But it's all good, all good. Okay, so today we're going to be continuing our series on one-liners from Colossians. And this morning we're going to be looking at Colossians 3, verses 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. And that's the ESV version. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to break that verse into three sections. We're going to look at the middle section first, where it says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're going to look at that. We're also going to look at, and whatever you do in word or deed. So whatever you do, what does that include and in in relation to what is that? And then finally, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're going to look at giving thanks. And I thought, actually, we could kind of do it as three R's. So the middle bit is going to be representatives. We are Christ's representatives, doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So representatives. Also, giving thanks to God the Father through him as our response. Thankfulness is a response to God. And then whatever you do in word or deed, that is in all our relationships. Whatever we do, whatever we say, all our relationships. So the three R's, not reading, writing, and arithmetic, which I don't know if you've noticed, don't actually all start with R, but um, uh, representatives, relationships, and response. So we're going to start off with representatives, the middle section of the verse. When I first looked at this verse, when I was getting ready for this morning, I thought, what does it mean, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? And the NLT version, the New Living Translation, is really helpful because it says, and whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And that was really helpful for me. So that's what we're going to be focusing on, representatives. What does it mean to be a representative of the Lord Jesus? We are representatives of Christ. We have been chosen to make decisions and act on behalf. We have been given that responsibility. We've been given that um, option. We have been chosen to make decisions and act on behalf of Christ. Isn't that amazing? We've been chosen to act on behalf of Christ. And the Collins Dictionary says a representative is a person who has been chosen to act or make decisions on behalf of another person or a group of people. And we have been chosen as Christians to be Christ's representatives to the world. When you think about that, isn't it... Isn't it an incredible thing? 
The God of the universe, who is majestic and powerful, loving and kind, has chosen you and me to represent him. When people know we are Christians, they're looking at us. They are studying our lives to see what our lives look like. How do we respond to situations, both positive and negative? How do we respond in times of grief? How do we respond in times of plentiful? How do we respond? How do we act? In, how do we use our language? What is our language like? How do we spend our time? How do we spend our money? We have opportunity to represent Christ in every word that we speak. And God has chosen us to be his representatives. Over here, I have this. Hopefully you can see it. And this represents a sunflower. So it's not a sunflower, but it represents a sunflower. When you look at it, you think of a sunflower. This represents a sunflower. You and I represent Christ. This also represents a sunflower. It's not a sunflower, but it represents a sunflower. When you see it, you can think of a sunflower. And when you put these two together, don't they represent a sunflower even more beautifully together? And it's the same with our lives. Individually, each one of us, we represent Christ. But together, as a body, we represent Christ even more wholly and even more fully. God has chosen us to be his representatives. And those sunflowers, like I say, give a fuller representation together when they are together. And we represent Christ individually and even more so together. Christ has joined us together and made us one new man in Christ. Nowhere else in the world is there anything more beautiful than the church, the bride of Christ. You see, we represent Christ. He has chosen us. He didn't just choose apostles or some of the heroes of history, but he has chosen you and me. We are Christ's representatives. When I was about um, 20, I applied for a, a job at a local Christian bookshop, and I filled in the application form. One of the questions was, why would you like to work here? Now, why I gave this answer, I'm still not quite sure, but I wrote because I'd like to listen to music. <laughs> this bookshop always had Christian music playing on in the background, and I guess I thought, I probably can't write because I need to earn money, and I do genuinely like listening to music, so I wrote to listen to music. <laughs> My mum's cracking up. And um, somehow I got an interview. Maybe I was the only applicant, I don't know. But um, I got an interview, but I didn't get the job. So perhaps they thought I wouldn't be a very good representative for them. On the other hand, when I was studying for my A-levels, I was given the opportunity to represent the school at a posh dinner in London. One of those meals where you're really grateful that you know with all the cutlery laid out in front of you, all you've got to do is work your way from the outside in with the cutlery. And I was given that chance to represent the school. So I went in my school uniform, I went on the coach with other people from the school, and I was blessed with an amazing meal and had the opportunity to represent the school. And when I was asked, why am I chosen to represent the school? The reply was, because you're a good egg. So that case, I was given an opportunity to represent, to be a representative. 
As I said, we represent Christ. He didn't only choose the apostles or heroes of faith, but he's chosen you and he's chosen me. We are important officials who have been given the task of representing God's kingdom here on earth. It is a very important role, an important task, and it's an important part of the Lord's Prayer. Almost after we focus on God and who he is and how great his name is, the next thing is, Lord, let your kingdom come. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are Christ's representatives, and it is a great part to be a part of that, bringing God's kingdom in, representing Christ. God, let your kingdom come. It's what our lives are about. We are those who are heralding in God's kingdom here on the earth. And in everything we both say and do, we have the opportunity to represent him. So that's the first section, being representatives of Christ. Now I'd like to look at the second, well, what's the first part of the sentence, um, and that is, whatever you do or say in all our relationships. So we are Christ's representatives here on earth. In what areas do we represent him? NLT and the ESV, it's helpful to look at the two different versions again. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And the ESV, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's in everything that we do and say, in every word and in every deed, we have the opportunity to represent Christ. This verse comes um, in the letter of Colossians after a section that Paul has been writing about, where he is talking about putting on the new self, and Tim mentioned that at the beginning of this series. We put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see, all our actions and all our words, we have opportunity to represent Christ, and they can be used to glorify God. And that includes forgiveness as well. And that was spoken about at the um, East site a few weeks ago, forgiveness. I encourage you, if you want to listen online, to do that. We can represent God in forgiveness. We know God's forgiveness. And we can show other people what that forgiveness is. God is a God of love. And in fact, the Bible says God is love. So we know that to be a representative of Christ, love is going to be involved. Our words and our deeds, our actions, love is involved. We can love with our words and we can love with our actions, whatever you do or say, every word and every deed. So I thought that pretty much includes everything. What else can it be other than what we say and what we do? And I asked my husband that. I said, well, what else could it be other than what you say or what you do? And he said, thoughts. And I thought, that's really interesting. That's not included in that verse. But I think what that is, is because our thoughts don't represent Christ like our words and our actions, because other people aren't aware of our thoughts. So that verse, obviously, is completely correct in all our words and in all our deeds. That's how we represent Christ in the way that we respond to other people in our relationships with the people around us. 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And that's from John 13, 35. Our love for one another represents Christ's love. And it was so helpful this morning to be reminded of the parable of the prodigal son and of how God showed us love. And we, as Christ's representatives, are able to share that love with the world. We are able, having, that we have experienced God's hope, that was mentioned this morning, to be able to share that hope with the world. Not just a little, oh, I hope this happens, but a sure certainty of what God's going to do. In all areas of life, we can represent Christ. Parents, our lives are to represent Christ to our children. I think that sums up the role of a parent pretty well, to represent Christ to our children. And we don't always get it right. Even when I was preparing this, it got to the end of the day, and I lost my patience a bit with the children. But we all mess up, we all make mistakes, and that's fine. Because like I mentioned, God is a God who forgives And God is a God who loves us. He loves us unconditionally. And I know I've mentioned this before from um, up front, but I just, I was reminded of it again this week, that unconditional love is unconditional because of the giver and not the receiver. God loves us unconditionally. God loves you unconditionally, not because of what you've done, but because he's a perfect God and he loves unconditionally. Friends, Our lives are to represent Christ to our neighbours, our work colleagues, those in the supermarket, those at the bus stop, those at the school gate. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Our friends, in every conversation we have, and again, I've been challenged by this the last few weeks about speaking to people that I don't know. And I'm reading a book that was um, lent to me called Everybody loves, I think. Everybody does. Everyone loves. And it's by Bob Goff. And he mentions in there about three minutes and how three minutes you can have a conversation with someone and choose to love them for those three minutes. And then maybe that three minutes turns into another three minutes. And I found that really helpful. And now, you know, I might just be saying hello to somebody. And then I find actually that goes on to something else. And even yesterday or the day before, I was in town And I just got chatting to a lady in the shop, and that conversation opened up into something else. And if I hadn't said hello or opened up that conversation, that wouldn't have happened. But we have opportunities to represent Christ in those things. Brothers and sisters, our role is to represent Christ to the world. That's one person at a time, our neighbors. Each one of us can make a difference. If you think about it, Jesus gave the message of hope to his 12 disciples. He said, go into the world, preach the good news, tell people about me. We have got the authority as Christ's representative to go into the world and to tell people, God loves you. Be reconciled to God. We've experienced that and we can share that with others. Like I said, sometimes we get it wrong. We all make mistakes. We don't live up to the perfect standard. We don't represent Christ as we want to. I think of another time when I messed up, when I got very frustrated over the phone to somebody that I know. And I felt challenged. I thought, I have to apologize. It wasn't easy to then phone up again and apologize. But I thought, this person knows I'm a Christian. I can't be representing Christ and open the book one day and then you know, getting frustrated on the phone the next day. And this person would have seen both of those things. I phoned and apologized. We make mistakes, but God gives us grace. God gives us grace. We can ask for forgiveness. 
we can go humbly to God in prayer and ask for his forgiveness. And I think even in acting humbly and phoning up and apologizing again, that in itself represents Christ as well, showing that we are humble, we all make mistakes, and we are able to apologize. Did you know that even with your flaws, even with my flaws, we are the best people to represent Christ? I'll say that again. Even with our flaws, we are the best people to represent Christ. And why is that? It's because Christ has chosen us and we have experienced his love. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We've not just read it in a book. We've not just heard it from someone else, but we have experienced God's love. He has chosen us. We are in relationship with God and we can share that relationship with others. Those who have experienced something are much better at telling others about it and representing something accurately. I know when I was at university, I had a part-time job as a waitress. And um, we were allowed, the menu was a lunchtime menu and a dinner menu. And we were allowed to have the, some of the things from the lunchtime menu as our lunch. But we weren't allowed to have anything from the main course because that was too expensive and we were just waitresses. <coughs> I remember once someone said to me, what would you recommend from, you know, the lunch menu? I said, oh, definitely the bagel, you know, with the curry mayonnaise and the chicken and the turkey and the bacon, lettuce, tomato, mm, making me hungry. And then another day, on another occasion, someone said to me, this is the main menu, what would you suggest? I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know, I've not tried anything. When we've experienced something, we've experienced God's love, we can then tell people about it. That's why we're the best people to be Christ's representatives, because we have experienced God's love. We've experienced his mercy. We've experienced his goodness, his faithfulness. We have experienced Christ's unconditional love. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We are able to represent him to a hurting world. And what is so good is that we have the Holy Spirit helping us. We're not doing it in our own strength. The Holy Spirit is here with us, helping us to do that. He provides strength, wisdom, energy, all that we need to represent Christ. And I encourage you, if you want to represent Christ more fully, spend more time with Jesus. The more you know him, the better you'll be able to represent him. Yesterday, we were um, in the garden, and I was sitting on a swinging bench, and I was watching my family play a bit of cricket, and that was great, and that was my perspective. And then the sun was shining, I just lay down, and straight away, without even trying, my gaze was lifted up to the clouds, and my mind started being filled with bigger things of who God is, and just the bigger picture. And sometimes that's what we need. We need to just kind of step aside, lie down, rest in God, and remind ourselves of who he is. Remind ourselves of the bigger picture. And it mentions that in Colossians. It says, lift your eyes to the things above. And when we come on to Thanksgiving, I'll mention this now just while I'm thinking of it, but sometimes I thank God for all the things that he's blessed us with. Thank you, God, for our house. Thank you for a garden. Thank you for the children. Thank you for the school. And those are wonderful things to be thankful to God for. But actually, also, those things are temporary. And we're to lift our eyes to things above. We can thank God for the hope that he's given us, that sure and certain hope. We can thank him for his faithfulness, the fact that he will never fail us. The better we know someone, the more able we are to represent them accurately. And while we were on holiday, the two weeks ago, last week, 
we, um, we're going out for lunch. And I thought to myself, right, lunch. Sorry, I know this is all food related, but I do get excited about food. And I thought to myself, if there is ham, egg and chips on the menu, that is what Steve is going to have for lunch. We went out for our pub lunch. There was 14 of us in total. What was on the menu? Ham, egg and chips. What did Steve choose for lunch? Ham, egg and chips. When we know someone, the deeper our relationship is with them, the better we're able to represent them. So I would have been able to represent Steve in that situation and say, yes, his order is ham, egg and chips. There were other people around the table who I know, but to different levels of relationship. And for some of them, I would have been able maybe to guess what they would have wanted to order. But for other people, I didn't have a clue. And our level of relationship with Jesus indicates and will determine the ability that we have to represent him to the world. Okay, so finally, we're going to move on to giving thanks. Response. We are Christ's representatives, and we have opportunity to represent him in everything we do and say. And with that, we have so much to be grateful for. So just a quick um, overview. We've looked at the middle of the verse, which is in um, Christ's representatives. And we've also looked at the beginning section in everything you do. So words and deeds, and that can be in all our relationships. And now we're looking at giving thanks. So response, our response. I remember, I, I don't know when it was, Ensign, I don't know if it was last year or year before, but it was when we were at the West Site. And Ensign was, uh, East Site, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, Ensign was speaking about salvation. And I remember him asking a question, what is the first response that you have to salvation? And the answer was gratitude and thanksgiving. Our response as Christians should be one of thanksgiving and gratitude to God for what he has done for us. Giving thanks is a response to what God has done for us and he has done so much for us. And I think Tim mentioned a few weeks ago about how often thanksgiving is mentioned in Colossians and in other parts of the Bible. Thanksgiving, you know, giving with a a generous heart and being grateful. And we have so much to be thankful for. God has done so much for us. And a whole preach could be spent thanking God, looking at the things that God has done for us that we can be thankful for. And even then, we wouldn't have time to look at it all. We can be grateful for his compassion, his kindness, his generosity, his power, his provision. I mean, the list literally could go on. His faithfulness, the fact that he is steadfast, the fact that he knows all things, the fact that he can do all things. You know, he's all-powerful. He is our provider. He's our healer. The list goes on and on and on. And in fact, the letter to the Colossians, after his introduction, um, what is Paul writing about? He's writing about thanksgiving and prayer. And he says, I'm going to read from Colossians 1, verse 3 to 5. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And again, hope was mentioned this morning. Love was mentioned this morning. I'm going to read that again. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And even there, it's talking about love for all the saints, you know, representing Christ to each other. And then Colossians 1, 12 to 14 says, Giving thanks to the Father 
who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have so much to be grateful for. God has completely changed our situation. He has drawn us into relationship with him. And in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about how um, God has drawn us to him. He's made us ambassadors for Christ. And our message to the world is be reconciled to God. God has made a way for us to have relationship with him. And we can tell others about that. And we have so much to be grateful for. And what we can do is we can cultivate thankfulness in our lives. We don't have to wait for a surge of emotion to be thankful. Sometimes that comes. Sometimes there's an, an overflowing and a, um, of thanksgiving. Oh, I'm so excited. God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. But we don't have to do that. Sometimes it's a case of cultivating thanksgiving and choosing to be thankful. We can cultivate thanksgiving in our lives. And sometimes when I'm feeling a bit distant from God, I'm like, oh, actually, I've not been as thankful these last few days. And I'm like, right, I'm going to thank God for what he's done. And I heard someone once say we should preach the gospel to ourselves every day. You know, it's a case of reminding ourselves who we were and who we are. I was far from God. I was lost. I was dead in my sin. But now Jesus has brought me close. He has adopted me like the prodigal son. He has enveloped me in his robe. He has run to me. He has put that ring on me. He has killed the fattened calf for us. When we lift our eyes, our perspective changes, and we have been encouraged to seek the things that are above. We don't need to, be wait. We don't need to wait to be carried by a wave of emotional thanksgiving, but rather we choose to remind ourselves of who God is, what he's done for us and who he says we are. Dearly loved children. So to summarize, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are Christ's representatives here on earth. In all areas of life, we can represent Christ family life, amongst friends, at work, with everyone that we speak to. And our response to this and to what God has done for us is one of thanksgiving, one of gratitude, and we can cultivate this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'm going to pray and we'll finish there. Father God, I thank you that you have chosen us to represent Christ. I thank you that we have experienced your love and that you have given us the authority. You have said to us that we are your representatives and we can go into the world and represent you. And God, sometimes, well, all the time, we need your help. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill us up, that we would remind ourselves of who we are in you. God, in all situations of life, with family, Father God, with friends, with neighbours at work, would you enable us, Holy Spirit, to represent Jesus better in all our words, in all our actions, in all that we say, and in all that we do. And God, we have so much to be thankful for. We are a thankful people. Thank you that you have chosen to love us. You have chosen to come down to earth to make a way for us. Lord Jesus, may we be a people who are constantly grateful for what you have done for us. Would you help us to cultivate thanksgiving in our lives?
Father, thank you that you love us and thank you that you're with us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.